You're listening to the Grace Through Faith weekly podcast. For more information, go to mygtf.org. We hope you enjoy. for us real quick. If you'll bow your head. Father, I just ask that the words of Jesus would would weigh on our heart this morning. God, I ask that you would um, encourage us by the Holy Spirit to do the work of the kingdom of God, that we would be encouraged by the Holy Spirit in boldness to go and make disciples. And as we read your words and we see, God, I pray that it would uh, pierce something in us. And I pray for some of us in this room that we would just get lit up with that spirit that wants to see people go from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And everybody said amen. Sweet. (laughs) Cool. Let's look at Matthew 28, verses 16 and going down. Everybody feel good? Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountains where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely... I am with you to the very end of the age. First thing Jesus says as he's sending his apostles, this is the last order, the last directive, the last job that, and the only job, okay? There's not great commissions. It is one great commission. Jesus had a singular focus when he came to direct his people. He said, what? Let's look at it. Okay, all authority. Jesus starts with this phrase. He says, all authority on heaven and on earth is given to me. Now, when you commission someone to do a job for you, you are paying them. You're the one footing the bill for whatever project you're having done. You know, you get someone, I don't, I'm not like a building guy. So you, someone you builds a trellis in your yard, you know, a nice picnic table for you to sit at. You're, you come to them and say, I have the funds, I have the means, I have the resource to pay for what I'm about to ask you to do. This is Jesus' way of encouraging his apostles. He says to them, hey, even before he asks, you know, it's, it, we, we do the uh, complimentary sandwich. Jesus is about to do a confidence sandwich. He's going to give his apostles confidence. He's going to tell them what to do. And then he's going to follow that back up with more confidence. He's boosting their, uh, their knowledge that they are not going alone. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth belongs to me. Now, in that day, in those cultures, they had a pantheon of gods, and like every god was responsible for like one aspect of life. You know, you had a god that was over fertility, you had a god that was over the seas, you had one for the sun, you had one for the mountains, one for the flowers, one for the toenails, you had a god for everything. And so Jesus is breaking this paradigm as he speaks to his apostles. He says, no, all authority belongs to me. I have all the resource, I have all the power, I have all the knowledge, the heavens and the earth and everything in them are subject to me. Then what does he say? 
Go ye, therefore, in the King James, go, therefore, I have all authority, so go ye. Who's supposed to go? Ye. I thought that was going to get a better laugh. What can you do? There's no exemption. He didn't say, go, you 11, and you guys figure it out for yourselves. Uh, I think that it is really easy for us as believers to, be, to think, and I know I get into this mindset too, it's easy for us to believe that someone else will pick up the slack for the one job that gave, Jesus gave me do, to do in my life because I'm not a pastor or I'm not spiritual or I'm not a good enough Christian. Listen, I think we need to normalize this, okay? This, that's a very Zoomer phrase. Normalize this. Everybody feels like not as good of a Christian as they think they should be. You realize that, right? Like we, I just want to, I want to break down that awkwardness. Like we all are not perceiving ourselves to do as well as we wish that we were. But in this, Jesus says, go ye therefore. He understands this is going to be written down. This is 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 2. This is Paul writing to Timothy. These are intense words. He says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead by his appearing in his kingdom. This, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove rebuke, exhort with complete patience and teaching. Paul writing to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5.20, Therefore, we, somebody say we, are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us, say us. We implore, implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God, 1 Peter 3.15, but in your hearts honor Christ as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Jesus leaves no question on the table. This is a mission for all of us, and we all have to do our part if Jesus is going to receive the reward that he suffered for. If we are going to see a cataclysmic change in our generation, every single one of us has to get off the bench. Every single one of us has to make up our mind that we are all in on this Jesus thing. We have got to give our heart completely, lean in, and understand that this is the, you know, humanity, you had one job. Just the one. What is it? Go. Where are we going? To all the nations. Mark 13.10 says, And the gospel must be proclaimed to all the nations. Matthew 24.14 says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed through the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Well, do American Christians get an exemption because Joel Osteen is on the television? The single most impactful means of evangelism is one-to-one -one relationship. The single greatest highway that people have, you got to understand, as, as I was thinking about this, we just spent 
a week in Florida. So if I look a little tanner, I know you noticed. Thinking about the gravity of what we are talking about here is we are tasked with creating highways of conversation and relationship that take people from the kingdom of darkness where they will go to hell and spend everlasting eternity separated from the love and grace of Jesus Christ to the kingdom of light where they will live with you and I in the kingdom of God under the blessing of heaven forever. Jesus says, you should teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Second Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. 1 Corinthians 11, 1-2 says, Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Now I commend you because you remember me in everything and maintain the traditions even as I delivered them to you. One of the main reasons we as believers should be learning and reading our Bibles is because the one job that Jesus gave us before he ascended to the Father is contingent on knowing and sharing the Scriptures. It's another reason we should be all in and give our heart to this. If you're wondering if you should spend some time daily or weekly in a Bible study of your own, there's your sign. Jesus' one job as he's leaving the planet is teach them everything I have commanded you. Well, how are you going to know what to teach them if you're not spending time in the Word, right? Acts 1.8 says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We are in an ends of the earth moment, right? 1 Corinthians 9.16 says, For if I preach the gospel that gives me no ground for boasting, for necessity it is laid upon me, Paul says this, I love this, Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. Paul saying that doing the one thing Jesus told him to do gave him no grounds to boast, but actually he was afraid to not do that thing. I think if you find yourself in a position today where you're scared to, you're more scared, okay, of sharing your faith than you are of not sharing your faith, we all, we all, myself included, in a spirit of humility, we all need to have a conversation with Jesus about what our priorities look like. That's just facts. If Paul says, woe to me if I don't preach this gospel, we've got to look inside and ask ourselves, and, and look, this is in many different ways, and we're going to go over some tips. I want to, I want to help you. I want to, I want to make it clear ways that we can engage our world and share our faith in very non-threatening, in some cases, uh, uh, um, matters. But I wanted to look at some science because I am simply convinced, as I said earlier, that we people of faith actually live happier, more successful, and better lives than people that don't know God. And I think that we're going to talk about the culture war that we're in right now, but it seems to me that liberalism and the way that the world is going is constantly belittling the Christian and acting like we're the stupid ones. You ever feel that when you watch the news or you see something? That we're somehow small-minded for believing in something that we can't see, but 
science and nature actually show us something really different. I'm going to read a couple of studies, and I, I probably looked at 50-plus studies from different institutions, different universities, and different think tanks, uh, but I just grabbed a handful because I thought they were good for us this morning. Is that okay? Okay, so this is uh, Forbes magazine, and this study was done in Harvard in 2018, and this is, I don't remember what the, the specialist's name was, but this is their finding. Thus, there is ample reason to believe that faith in a higher power is associated with health in a positive way. For example, researchers at the Mayo Clinic concluded most studies have shown that religious involvement and spirituality are associated with better health outcomes, including greater longevity, coping skills, and, and health-related quality of life, even during terminal illness, and less anxiety, depression, and suicide. Several studies have shown that addressing spiritual needs of the patient may enhance recovery from mental illness. This is Medical Daily, writing in 2020, I believe. Yes. Our prior research shows that mental health of people recovering from different medical conditions such as cancer, stroke, spinal cord injury, and traumatic brain injury appear to be related significantly to positive spiritual beliefs and especially congregational support and spiritual intervention. Good reason to go to church. That's Daniel Cohen, another author of the study, said in a statement, spiritual beliefs may be, may, may be a coping device to help individuals deal emotionally with stress. This one is wild. Uh, this is Dr. Newberg from the University of Pennsylvania Center for Spirituality and the Mind, and the guy that named that should get a trophy. In 2010, he wrote, this is wild. We've learned that being religious or spiritual has a very profound effect on who we are, has a very profound effect on our biology and on our brain. And what we found more recently is that not only does it have a profound influence on who we are, but it actually can change our brain and change our personality over time. So faith in God can actually change your physiology can actually create patterns in your brain that lead to health. So just like Jesus is saying to his disciples, all authority has been given to me, and he's trying to hype them up with confidence, I'm trying to hype you up with science, and I'm trying to hype you up with fact, and I'm trying to grow you in boldness so that you know the next time that you share a story of faith or share a moment about Jesus or encourage someone in the Lord or share a scripture— not on Facebook, I mean, that's good too, but like in real life, like try to do it in real life. <laughs> Facebook counts, but I don't know how often Facebook is, uh, you know, getting people saved. I want to read one more. This is from the National Journal of Religion and Health. Um, this researcher, Koenig, in 2012, I, uh, this is about recovery from addiction. I just thought this was fascinating. Uh, Koenig identified at least 278 quantitative studies that attended to the relationship between alcohol abuse and faith prior to 2010. Of these, 86% found that faith reduced the risk associated with alcohol use, abuse, or dependency. Only four studies found that faith contributed to, contributed to alcohol use, abuse, or dependency with the rest being neutral. It's possible that these findings reported on the positive role of faith were arrived at through a less rigorous method, however. The test 
the, the authors of the test looked separately at 145 research of the highest quality of the studies among the 278. So they got the sample size, they dropped it down because they didn't think that maybe they were thorough enough, made it smaller. And he says, among these, 90% found that faith reduced the contributed uh, use of alcohol abuse and dependency. That's pretty wild, right? But what about creation? Romans 2.20 says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. We're told by our society that it's small-minded, stupid, and childish to believe in a God that we cannot see and that we cannot empirically prove with evidence exists. And yet, the people who know him, both nature and science, give witness to his goodness and his ability to make us. Human beings are born to live out of a place of faith. Atheism is a mind disease that actually causes your body and your life harm. It is not smarter to be an atheist. And it is not a denial of science or fact to be a believer. It's actually healthier for us to put our faith in a God that we cannot see, to give up control of our life and our world, and to praise him with our whole being. When God made humanity, he made it where it was good for us to put our faith in something we cannot see. And it's with that kind of confidence that we leave this place, we go out into our world, and we engage the lost and the hurting people who are all over the spectrum. I'm sure you know people that are all over the spectrum. I know people that their life is a complete mess, and they absolutely need Jesus, and maybe they're offended at church or what. And I know people that seem to have it all put together, and they think that they have the, all the answers, and they think they have no need of Jesus. And all of those people, everyone who doesn't know him, needs to be given an opportunity to engage his spirit, and they're going to get it through us. Go ye, therefore, go ye, dog. There is a strong emphasis, this verb, go, go. We should feel some semblance in our life of urgency. We are not talking about trivial moments in people's lives. We are the salt of the earth. We are the city on a hill. We are the one opportunity that our world is going to get to see and know him. And if we don't go, they won't know him. And I'm sick and tired of Christians acting anemic like we don't have the power. Jesus Christ himself said, all authority. Every principality is under his feet. There's not an addiction. There's not a chain he can't break. Come on, somebody. Dude, I'm telling you what. I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the devil. I'm mad at the devil for duping us to think we're stupid and slow-minded and like we don't have the answers. We're the only ones with the answers. It's time that we push back, at least in the kingdom of darkness, in our lives and in the lives of those around us. I want to see a great harvest. 
Let's talk about some practical ways that we can share the gospel. Sorry, I'm like yelling. I'm like, sorry, hyped up. This one guy likes me, and I'm going to remember that. <laughs> if I get any angry emails, I'd be like, well, I got one. This is Paul demonstrating exactly what I'm talking about. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Somebody say hallelujah. How then will they call on him who they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? That's where we come in. Now, there's many different ways to preach. My first point, if you're, if you're a note taker, this is my first point. This is my first practical tip in sharing your faith with the people in your life. And it's that lifestyle preaches itself. Francis of Assisi, um, actually I found out this quote was false, but we're just going to go with it. Francis of Assisi, it's a good quote. I don't know who said it, but it's still good. But they, anyway, says, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. Now, if you live like a demon, this is what Ephesians 5, 1, 1 through 6 says, uh, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love. As Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. But, somebody say but, sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness, must not even be named among you, as is proper among the saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, I repent, Lord, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or covetous or an idolater has no inheritance in the kingdom of God. The number one way that you can preach the gospel to the people in your life that don't know them, whether it's a family member or a coworker, a acquaintance or someone you don't know, is by how you live. Jesus said that they would know us by our fruits and that they would know us by our love for one another. Amen? And it's just that simple. The repentance of sin, the putting off of bad practices, these are things that are either a good testimony to who we are in Jesus or they're a bad testimony to who we are in Jesus. And most of the people that I know have walked away from the church will tell you that they walked away from the church because of something someone in the church did or said. Which, in another sense, I think we should be good at saying we're sorry and humbling ourselves to the people in our lives when we are wrong, which is a good thing to do, amen? Point number two is to share your story and don't overcomplicate it. I'm just going to read this to you again. In Matthew 5, it says, You're the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under the foot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a, built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Your story, your 
own personal engagement with God is so much more powerful than you even know. But so many times I think we are afraid of what someone else is going to think about us and what our story is. Even just sharing what you read in the Word on any particular day with somebody in your life can be powerful. Jesus said, uh, not Jesus said, I guess prophesied in the book of Revelation that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. When we share a testimony about who Jesus is and what he's done for us, it's actually a prophetic revelation that opens up that someone can walk into. And don't overcomplicate this, okay? It's really easy to get in our head and, and imagine we need some kind of a perfect strategy for how we communicate these things. And it, it really is just as simple as, oh, yeah, I, I had something similar to that happen to me. Let me tell you what happened. Yeah, God saved my life, brought me through it. Or, oh, hey, I, I read something in the Bible about that this morning. Share those testimonies. Share those seeds, okay? You guys Okay. Number three is you're not looking for converts as a notch in your belt. You're pulling someone from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. This is all about love. Colossians 1.13 says, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. It's about love. Number four, this is, this is a good one. This is one super easy to do, okay? Invite them to church. If you don't know how to preach the gospel to somebody, we are literally getting paid to do it. So just bring them to us, and we will do it for you. I think that it's important that we recognize the dynamic of connecting people in our lives to their local body of faith. We shouldn't be afraid to say, and look, if you're hearing me right now, and you're like, I wouldn't bring people here if my life depended on it. This might not be the place for you. You know, you need to be in a body of faith that you would be confident that you could bring someone in. Like, I, for me and GTF, I bring my friends here, but you're all already here. So you're all my friends. And, and number five, and this is one that I just want to, like, caution you on, but sometimes it's worth losing a friend to plant a seed. And I would say that this is kind of like last resort, um, if God's really laying something on you and you feel like you need to testify the gospel to someone, but you're pretty sure it's gonna, they're going to take it bad, you have no idea what that testimony, what that encouragement, what that word might do to them down the line, even if they decide they don't like you right then. This is Mark 16. It's... Um, the other passage in Scripture where it talks about Jesus giving the Great Commission. And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel for whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. My last point about this is as we are growing up in the Lord and learning how to mature into the personhood of Christ, we need to be using these opportunities to preach the gospel to stretch and test our faith. I brought this passage up at the end because this isn't the mark 
This isn't something that we need to uh, attain to. These are something that follow us as we follow the command of Jesus to go into all the world. These, these signs, laying out of hands, seeing people uh, healed, you know, picking up a snake and it not hurting you, has only happened one time. That's kind of a joke. Speaking in new tongues, casting out demons, those are a measure of the power of God in operation in our life that we actually want to be on the lookout for and stretch our faith to make room for that. I know that statistically, most of you in this room can't imagine yourself laying hands on someone and seeing them recovered, but Jesus literally says in Mark, hey, when you go, this will happen. We can actually use this practice of sharing our faith to stretch our faith, to grow our faith, and to mature ourselves into the person that God has intended us to be, and we can look for these signs. Would you stand with me? Um, I want to take communion together. There you are. I was looking at the door like, but you were right there the whole time. I know that, I know that these sermons talking about evangelism sometimes aren't the most like rah rah. Everyone's super stoked to make their coworker uncomfortable on Tuesday afternoon at the water cooler, but there is such a holy urgency and I wanted to give us an opportunity to respond to the Lord I want you to feel the encouragement that in this season, whatever seed you can sow is beautiful to heaven and it matters. Even just continuing to live your life in a way that honors God, that makes it a priority to love people well, it makes it a priority to humble yourself before other people, serve in your local church. This is the time to go all in on the gospel. It's the time to go all in on local church. And it's the time that we start to contemplate if we're more afraid of sharing the gospel than we are of not sharing it. I think we all need to come to the table with the Lord and, and not look at some requirement that's out there, but look actually at what he paid for. That's the thing about this all to me is that this isn't a Bible verse that I want to use to whap you over the head, but if I could point your focus right now back to Calvary, if I could point your focus back to Jesus giving up his life, Jesus spreading out his arms and, and, and letting humanity rip him apart, crucify him, put him on a plank of wood and hang him up outside naked for hours. The king of glory. And what he's after, what he wants is for his 
kids to come home. What he's after is a big family that he more than paid for. Jesus said to the apostles, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. I want to be a fisher of men. I want to see people come to the Lord. And I want to be bold about my faith. And I know you do too. And so I just want to say yes to him this morning. Just in your own personal way. Just between you and him. And and let him speak to you. Let him highlight the people in your life that he wants you to pray for, that he wants you to love, and he wants you to go after. Because I guarantee you they're there. So can I have communion elements, somebody? First guy. take the bread and and Father right now we thank you for the body of your son that was broken for us that we might have eternal life thank you Jesus, we thank you for your blood that was poured out for us without hesitation. And Father, I pray this morning that you would cause us to pour our life out without hesitation for those that are around us. That you'd break our hearts with compassion and you'd call us to those. Just go ahead and take that. Father, we say yes to you. Jesus, we say yes to your command.